It takes a thousand men to invent the telegraph, a steam engine, or a phonograph, or photograph, or telephone, or any other important thing. And the last man gets the credit, and we forget the others. He added his little mite. That is all he did. These object lessons should teach us that 99 parts of all things proceeded from the intellect are plagiarisms, pure and simple, and the lessons ought to make us modest, but nothing can do that. Mark Twain. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violin Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and give us five stars. We'd really, really appreciate it. And today's topic, we are continuing on the long and awesome journey of Nikola Tesla. Yay. Yay. So just kind of as a refresher where we left off, Nikola Tesla suffered from these visions, had all these ideas for inventions, could, like, see the visions with his mind, whatnot. He worked for Edison for a few years, left Edison's workforce after Edison jilted him after uh, over $50,000 after he improved 25 of uh, Edison's inventions. And he dug ditches for $2 a day, which is about 50 bucks, roughly, uh, current time, and... We left with Westinghouse picking him up as a sponsor. So, any questions up till this point? Uh, no. Not, not questions, but concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they? I, I would just say concern. If you have a thing to motivate your workers, you better follow up on them. Otherwise, it could come back to bite you. Yep, and we will see that here shortly. So this episode's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to kind of go into how Tesla went in with Westinghouse. The Current Wars, which deals mainly with Edison and Westinghouse, and then come back to Tesla's timeline where he was throughout this until his death. So bear with me, we're jumping around just a little bit, but it kind of gives you the full story from America's perspective. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. So like we kind of said last time, an, und- uh, an undeterred Tesla spent the next few years raising money for his own laboratory, including a stint digging ditches for Edison wires, as well as just digging ditches in general and developing an AC system. His induction mortar was used as a game-changing polyphase current AC float in waves. So this filled the troughs with multiple voltages to generate a rotating magnetic field, meaning fewer mechanical parts to maintain for his wires and his systems, all that stuff. And Tesla had the ideas, but not the capital and business know-how to take his business off and running. So the current wars after Westinghouse picks up Tesla and the current wars against Westinghouse and Edison. All right, so a Pittsburgh industrialist named George Westinghouse 
picked up Nikola Tesla. Unlike his competitor, Edison, who enjoyed his celebrity, Westinghouse kept himself very private and did not like having his photograph taken. He was a very savvy businessman, having made his fortune on the railroad, and immediately recognized the importance of Tesla's work to his own ambitions for AC current. As well as offering Tesla a job as a consultant, Westlove bought the patents for $60,000 in cash or stock and about $2.50 for each horsepower of electricity sold. All of this is worth millions today. So if you remember the $50,000 that Edison jilted Tesla, Mm -hmm. Westinghouse just paid him $60,000. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Westinghouse Electricity Company, which had been created before Tesla's involvement, posted a threat to Edison's monopoly. Westinghouse targeted rural areas that could not be reached by D.C.'s small transmission range and managed to undercut his rival business in the towns and cities by selling at a loss. By the late 1887, he had built 68 power plants to Edison's 121. To make matters worse, Edison faced competition from other D.C. companies, too, such as Thomas Houston. With the prolific, or with the proliferation of electrical providers came expensive lawsuits over patents, which dragged down for years. Losing power, literally, and still struggling to make significant improvements to his own distribution, the Wizard of Menlo Parked, which is Edison, refused to acknowledge the benefits of A.C., It may have been down to pride or stubbornness or because he had invested too much in D.C. or due to sincere concern that his rival's high-voltage wires endangered people's lives or all of the above. Whatever reason, Edison showed how cutthroat he could be by launching a fear-mongering smear campaign. Just as certain in death, Westinghouse will kill a customer within six months, he had written in 1886. And sure enough, an accidental electrocution occurred when wires had been poorly installed or insulated as thousands of volts coursed through them, and Edison regularly used these deaths as fodder and his damning evidence against AC. Its effects upon muscular action is so great that even an exceedingly low voltage, the hand which grafts a conductor cannot free itself, The nerves of the system of a human being could be shocked for sufficient length of time to produce death. As we know from Matt from last episode, AC actually has like a slight off where you can release your current as DC does not. So. Yeah, so that was basically just like, this is what his stuff does, even though really it's what mine does. Yeah. He wrote in his 1889 article, The Dangers of a electric lighting nevertheless he continued to claim that his own dc remained perfectly safe we know that is a lie westinghouse later recalled edison once said direct current was like a river flowing peacefully to sea with alternating current was like a torrent rushing violent over a precipice so his campaign would go much farther than rhetoric Enlisting the help of electrical engineer Harold P. Brown, he staged a number of grisly experiments where stray dogs brought up for about 25 cents from local boys, calves and horses and cats would be brought to one of his laboratories and electrocuted publicly. If the animals did not make his point clearly enough, Edison also became embroiled in the adoption of the first electric chair to execute a human. And as we know from the Bob's Burgers episode, he also electrified Topsy the elephant. 
Yeah, but to be fair, that one wasn't just like it was a stray elephant in New York. It did actually kill handlers. So, it was going to get put down anyway, but it was like to make a point that it could even take down an elephant. Yeah, but elephants shouldn't be held in captivity regardless, which is why a lot of circuses closed. Oh, no, like, for for obvious reasons, like, the elephant, like, turned on its handlers who were likely full-on just, like, stabbing it to make it move. So it's like it's, it, there was a reason why it turned on the handlers, but also because it turned on its handlers, then the state was like, yeah, we kind of got to get rid of this thing now. Yeah, I just disagree with everything Edison done, and the torture of animals <laughs> is why I hate him so, so much. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both not great guys, but one was, you know, just kind of a man with the times, and the other one killed animals and was also, like, a sexist piece of shit. Yeah, that's that's just Edison. I apologize for stating my opinion. I'm trying to keep the what I actually give non-biased, but I will interject here and there with my own opinion, and I usually say this is my opinion. Yeah, well, it's it's not a very uncommon opinion anymore. Yeah. Most people would say Edison's a full-on dick. Yeah. So, anyways, back to it. While Edison imposed capital punishment initially, an opportunity not to be missed fell onto his lap. A New York dentist, Alfred P. Southwick, approached him with his concerning desire for a more humane method of execution than a hanging, believing electricity could be the answer. Edison had previously quipped that the best method would be to hire out your criminals as linemen to the New York Electric Lighting Companies. But to Southwick, he recommended alternating machines. Although an appalled Westinghouse refused to to sell any of his generators for that purpose, Brown had been selected to design the chair based on Southwick's ideas, and he made sure it was used AC current. Edison even coined the term Westinghouse, to describe someone being electrocuted. So when convicted murderer William Kilmer was sentenced to die in the electric chair, Westinghouse spent $100,000 on his appeal in a vain attempt at the Supreme Court and rejected the argument that electrocution constituted a cruel and unusual punishment. However, they were very wrong. On August 6th of 1890, guards strapped Kilmer into the AC-powered... I should say that this is going to be a trigger warning... uh, to an AC-powered chair in Auburn prison, and they flipped the switch. The 17-second burst of 1,000 volts did not kill him, so he had to be hit a second time, and after an agonizing wait while the generator charged, with double voltage running through his body, Kelmer blood and his hair began to singe, while the smell of burning flesh made some witnesses wrench. Westinghouse, on hearing about the, bol- er, uh, about the botched execution, said... They would have done better using an axe. So they did not electrify him with enough voltage the first time ago. They had to do it a second time, and he started on fire and was not dead during it. So essentially, to prove a point that AC could kill somebody super easy, he ended up proving that it couldn't. I mean, yes, but it was still very torturous, and Uh, people were dissuaded, so I mean, the technique kind of did work for a little bit. Yeah. Worked for a different reason, not the intended purpose. Yeah. 
So, yet after all the bad publicity and attacks, Edison's crusade failed to prevent the ascendancy of AC for his profits from failing. His years of campaigning DC fizzled out as he stepped aside to pursue other projects. In a merger in 1892 with Thompson Houston, turned his company into a more AC-friendly General Electric. And I do have to say, Tesla has been quoted saying Edison was not a huge adversary, even though they're always pitted against each other for the AC-DC current. But there are some conspiracy theories that say otherwise and other documents that say otherwise. It's just Tesla's own words had said that he doesn't think Edison as an enemy. Just want to put that out there at this point. But the sabotaging and all that stuff of his, of Tesla's inventions, was this before he started doing that? I mean, Edison started sabotaging stuff or... So his, we'll kind of get to what he could possibly sabotage, but... uh, Edison was more against Westinghouse Electric, which ran with Tesla's invention. Tesla didn't necessarily invent AC power. It was already out there. It was just Tesla's generators that used AC power. So the more forefront man was Westinghouse Electric, George George Westinghouse. Okay. So it was more just Edison's company is... In, like, full competition, like the Coke-Pepsi war type thing, but it was Westinghouse and the Edison stuff? Yes. Gotcha. And that's a big misconception that people have against Tesla and Edison. Like, Edison wasn't on Tesla's, like, best buddies list, but he didn't consider him an enemy and really couldn't be bothered by their feud. Though they did feud over projects and whatnot but not like a personal feud it was more westinghouse versus edison electric so instead of them being like we are our tribals i hate you so much it's more like we're just two competitors yeah exactly okay. is that how edison felt about i tesla? am not sure how edison felt about tesla mm. but mm. that is from tesla's words gotcha summed up relatively um so that did not stop the struggles for power with westinghouse electric and it actually would not take long for ge to catch up to the once uh great westinghouse electric and get rid of the dc go to ac like how we just talked about the news that the chicago world's fair of 1893 also called for the columbia exhibition to celebrate 400 years since Columbus reached New World would be powered by electricity, setting off a bidding war. It was a success for AC as Westinghouse won the contract by underbidding General Electric, providing his company with its most public and spectacular display yet. I believe Westinghouse was about a third of what GE and Edison Company cost. So... I'm guessing some of that maybe had to contribute to some of Tesla's designs with it, where I I would be guessing that the Edison company was using almost all of their patents for their generators and setup and stuff, so that probably would be where most of their extra costs come from. Yeah, so besides the generators, I found conflicting articles whether GE at this time was still using DC to power the Chicago World's Fair or if they were AC at this time. So depending on that, it was also like the amount of wires, the amount of light bulbs, 
just depending upon it and everything. A fun fact, though, was since Edison patented his light bulb, he refused to let Tesla use his light bulb to power the World Fair. So huh. Tesla had to patent his own separate light bulb to power this event. Well, there you go. And it got them a lot of extra money. There you go. Yeah, so you'll see the Edison light bulbs, which are like their, uh, I believe they're the round ones, and then the Tesla ones are the, like, uh, oblong tubes. I might have those mixed up, but... Like, where there's, like, the circular, like, spherical end of it would be the Edison one, and then, like, more of an elongated, widening tube... Was the Tesla. With that point. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, and the reason why I think it's this way, not the other, is because Tesla also had the neon lights, which were oblong tubes. But again, I could be mixing this up. It makes sense to me, but make sure to fact check us and tell us in a comment or something. Yes, I'd appreciate that. Also, anything that you find that's contradictory or whatnot, I double source this stuff, but feel free to send me other sources because I just love reading about this guy. I really do. Right. Also, super interesting. Yes, 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 yes. So beyond beyond the glittering sight of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of light bulbs outside, generators were on display in the electricity building, and Tesla had space to show off his work with unusual punche and showmanship. He de- demonstrated the theory of his induction motor by placing a copper egg into a rotating magnetic field, where it would spin on its axis of its own free will. The fair, while a monumental triumph in its own right, also gave Westinghouse the reputation needed to secure a highly desired contract to build a hydroelectric plant on Niagara Falls. By the time the great machinery began generating power on the 16th of November, 1896, for the city of Buffalo, more than 20 miles away, there could be no doubt that AC had won the War of the Currents. So that is basically the current war. So... The World's Fair kind of set AC on a path to win it, and then by the time mm. that the hydroelectric uh, plant in at Niagara was used to power the city of Buffalo, which was huge, that's just one plant for the whole city, AC uh-huh. won because of that. I didn't know that it powered Buffalo. That was, that was a little nugget of info I didn't know. Yeah, both of Buffalo and Niagara cities have... Tons of Tesla museums that I want to go see. See, that's also interesting. Plan your road trip. Not just go in and see the beautiful Niagara Falls, but also museums. Yeah. If we ever get, like, enough kickoff where we can go do tours or whatnot, I have so many places I want to see. Yeah, most of them are haunted, though, so I think that's just going to be you and Matt, not me. (laughs) All right, now we are moving on to Tesla's timeline, and this is just going to be a timeline. I'm not going too far into this because stuff will be covered in conspiracy theories, I am pretty darn sure. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, so this is literally just going to be the timeline until his death with, like, historical marks per that year, and we will go from there. Oh, and... And most of this is from Tesla Universe. Okay. Which is a website. Okay. I was like, hold on. It's just like a weird... Never mind. Yeah. So we're going to go from where we left off in 1885. Investors approached Tesla, asked him to develop and improve the Arc Lightning system, so AC current. 
Although this was the opportunity I'd hoped for, the group willing to finance the Tesla Electric Light Company in Rahway, New Jersey. The proud new owner set off to work and invented a unique arc lap of beautiful design and efficiency. After completing the work, Tesla was forced out of the company and left with nothing but a worthless stock certificates. Tesla later referred to this as the hardest blow you'd ever receive. In 1886, uh... Betrayed by the man, or betrayed by the men he trusted, Tesla considered the winter of 1886-1887 a time of terrible headaches and bitter tears. He was forced to work as a ditch digger for about two dollars a day, which is about fifty dollars a day now, and questioned the value of his education. In 1887, in April, Tesla was introduced to Alfred S. Brown, the director of Western Union, and Charles F. Peck, a New York City attorney attorney who were sold on his alternating current system. I'm sorry, the arc lamps were not the AC current. Um, so they were sold on his alternating current system after he demonstrated his egg of Columbus. Tesla agreed to split his patent on the 50-50 basis in exchange for funding. Brown located the laboratory at 89 Liberty Street and the company filed for its first patent by the end of the month. Later in 1887 in May, Tesla's oldest and best friend, Anthony Sigil, landed in New York, and by the end of the week, he was working as Tesla's assistant in Liberty's St. Lab. In May of 1888, a new system of alternating current motors and transformers paper was read before the American Institute of Electrical Engineers, now the IEEE, at Columbia University in New York. And in July of 1888, which was a big year, Tesla sells patents for AC polyphase system to George Westinghouse for $25,000 in cash, $50,000 in notes, and a royalty of $2.50 per horsepower for each motor. So that would be where his income would be currently coming from. Mm-hmm. So like a big sum and then like a constant supply of at least living wages. Yes. So... In 1888, at the end of the year, Tesla travels to Westinghouse headquarters in Pittsburgh to finalize the contract for the AC polyphase system and to help develop his motor. He stays there for around one year. At the end of 1889, Tesla toured several hotels and after his return to Newark and chose the Astor House for his new abode. It was a posh five-story establishment situated by a trolley line at the heart of the city. Also in 1889, Tesla visited Paris for the Universal Exposition and unveiling of the Eiffel Tower. While he was there, he met Professor Wilhelm Jenkins, a Norwegian physicist from the University of Stockholm. B. Jenkins had replicated the work of Henrik Hertz and allowed Tesla to study his oscillator. Tesla also visited his homeland, including Silimingen, Reduk, and Tumanji, and Pivot Lakes before returning to New York. Again, I'm sorry for the mispronunciations. I like Tumanji. That sounds like a different kind of game I'd like to play. Yeah, it's like T-O-M-I-N-G-A-J. So I am doing my best here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So at the end of 1889, upon returning to New York, Tesla located a new laboratory at 175 Grant Street. There... Little information is known about his laboratory, but here Tesla would begin work with high-frequency apparatuses, wireless transmission, and theories on relationship between electromagnetic radiation and light. 
also where some of the conspiracy theories uh, stem from. I was going to say that sounds like the time period where most of the craziest of conspiracy inventions might have been made. Well, there is another time period too, which we'll get to, but I believe that is where quite a few were. Possibly the cause of a New York earthquake? Who knows? We'll see. Mm. Not that one, no. We get really? to that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Um, as part of, so in August of 1890, as part of the Edison-sponsored smear campaign against Westinghouse, H.P. Brown, an Edison ally manufacturer of electric chairs, began electrocuting animals with the AC process and was termed Westinghouse, and he was used to demonstrate the dangers of the new technology. That same year, the state of New York convicted William Kilmer of killing his mistress with an axe and sentenced him to die in the electric chair. Edison provided the staff to assist Brown in an effort to further damage Westinghouse's public image. The execution was a total disaster, and Westinghouse suffered a great blow. In November of 1890, with high frequencies, Tesla developed some of the first neon and fluorescent illumination. He also took the first X-ray phonographs, but these discoveries paled in comparison to his illuminating vacuum tube wirelessly, having transmitted energy through the air. This was the beginning of Tesla's lifelong obsession, The Wireless Transmission of Energy, which is also one of his books, or one of his journals that it's titled. Yeah, I mean... Just that idea alone, knowing that there was not only possible, but it could have been like for everybody is I think most people's biggest qualms with why Tesla was getting the shaft about some of these things. Well, yeah, if you think about it, it's like the electric cars of today versus the gas companies and that whole schmear campaign that went on when we were growing up and why Mm -hmm. they never made it off the ground. It's because he could provide free energy and the electric companies didn't want that. Yeah, I think, like, their main thing is, like, the energy usage could still be, like, recorded, but it couldn't be determined who was using how much, so they couldn't bill people. No, actually, he was huge on free energy. That was, like, one of Tesla's main goals. Uh, I mean, like, the company's not running with that idea. Like, Tesla, that he wanted free energy for people and, like, having that as, like, a normal utility type thing. But the reason I think most companies didn't fund it is they couldn't make a profit off of anything in any meanable way. So even if it was something that they would see as super useful, they couldn't make money from it, so they stopped funding him for it. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying free energy and all the energy companies are Mm -hmm. out to smear him. Exactly. All right. So Tesla in 1880 forfeits his AC royalties due to ongoing legal battles between Edison and Westinghouse Electric. After failing to adapt the higher frequency Westinghouse engineers required, work on the Tesla induction is abandoned and Tesla and Westinghouse renegotiate and Tesla agrees to remove the royalties clause from their contract. This was a fateful decision and sacrifice that would haunt Tesla for the rest of his life because after this date, Tesla would pretty much be living in semi-poverty. Yeah, I'd be pretty upset about that decision too. Yeah, and again, poverty doesn't really strike him till his older life, but he's not getting any incoming money after this point. Funds, nothing. Like, it. I, I don't think, like, as... He did get that large sum, 
but still like no longer getting a continuous income. He has to dip into that stuff more and more and more and more until there's nothing left. Yep. So because of that, Tesla now does a lot of lectures. So that's going to be a lot of the ongoing notes. So in May of 1891, Tesla lectured before AIEE experiments with alternating currents of very high frequency and their application to methods of artificial illumination lectures given before the American Institute of Electrical Engineers, now the IEEE at Columbia University in New York. Uh, the Tularid power station goes online in June of 1891. Uh, Colorado lawyer and manager of the Gold King Mine signed a contract with Westinghouse to install a Tesla AC powered system. The plan was to harness a river below the mine and replace the costly coal-powered steam engine generators. This facility became known as the Ames Power Plant and was the first power station in the world to transmit alternating current at a high voltage for power purposes for a long distance. In July 30, 1891, Tesla gains American citizenship. And he often told his friends that he valued this citizenship more than any other scientific honors he had received after this. So in February of 1892, Tesla lectures in London, experiments with alternate currents of high potential and high frequency lecture is given before the Institute of Electrical Engineers and the following day before the Royal Institution of Great Britain, both in London and England. Also in February of 1892, Tesla lectures in Paris. The experiments with alternate currents of high potential and high frequency lecture is given before the Societe Francaise de Physique in Paris, France. A second lecture was planned for Paris but was canceled when Tesla received a telegram that his uncle, Pieter, notifying him of his mother's failing health. And so in April of 1892, Tesla mother dies. And Tesla rushed to his mother's side as she lay dying, arriving in Paris hours before her death. Her last words to him were, you arrived, Nizio, my pride. Tesla's mother died on Easter Sunday at 1 o'clock in the morning and was buried later that day beside her husband at the Jeskovic Cemetery in Dibslo, Croatia. After her death, Tesla fell ill for some time. He spent two to three weeks recuperating in Gospic in the village of Tamanji near Garak a village in the southern part of Lika, Croatia, his mother's birthplace. So, in May 24th, Tesla lectures in Zagreb. While in Europe, Tesla visits the Croatian capital of Zagreb, where he gave a lecture about alternating current in the construction of hydroelectric generating station at Privet Lakes. And on occasion, Tesla said, As a son of my homeland, I feel it is my duty to help this city of Zagreb in every Respect with my advice and work. A commemorative monument of Tesla echoes these words in Zerk. So in June of 1892, Tesla speaks in Belgrade. Tesla arrived in Belgrade due to a call from Belgrade Municipality. Several thousand of people greeted him at the Belgrade train station. He addressed the gathered crowd who saluted him. There is something within me that might be an illusion as it is often a case with young delighted people, but if I would be fortunate to achieve some of my ideals, it would be on the behalf of the whole humanity. If those hopes would become fulfilled, the most exciting thought would be that it is indeed, oh, that it is a deed of Serb. Long live Serbidum. Tesla met the young Serbian king, Alexander Obrenov, the following day. 
The king awarded Tesla with the model of St. Sava for extraordinary contribution to science the following year. So in February of 1893, Tesla lectures in Philadelphia on light and other high-frequency phenomena. This is given before the Franklin Institute of Philadelphia. In March, Tesla lectures in St. Louis uh, with the same lecture that is given before the National Electric Light Association in St. Louis, Missouri. May 1st is the Columbian Exposition. In 1892, George Westinghouse won the contract to power the Columbian Exposition, or the World's Fair. The Westinghouse Company, with Tesla's guidance, built a power system for the exposition that produced three times more energy than what was being utilized in the entire remainder of Chicago. Tesla had a large display, including phosphorescent lighting, a prosecutor to fluorescent lamps, powered with high-frequency fields, and the egg of Columbus. The success of Tesla polyphase system installed at the exposition ensured Westinghouse would be selected to harness Niagara Falls. So, in 1893, Tesla lectures in Chicago on the mechanical and electrical oscillators. And that lecture is given before the members of the International Electrical Congress at the Columbian Exposition in Chicago. So, in October of 1893, the Niagara contract is awarded to Westinghouse and the initial Niagara Falls contract signing the end of the War of the Currents. So in April of 1894, Tesla is voted corresponding member of the Serbian Royal Academy of Belgrade. And in March of 1895, his lab burns down. So, oh, okay. This so is, like he's just like things were going pretty well though. Like he got awards. He's essentially voted a national hero in Serbia, and then like got more awards. Was doing lectures everywhere. Just like where's the bad part? So the bad part is kind of with, I guess, this lab burning down and everything. He wasn't getting the income that he wanted. He was not getting the sponsors that he needed to continue his inventions and produce a lot. So he was doing lectures to kind of make ends meet and all that stuff. We'll kind of get into it more, I believe, in the uh, conspiracy theories of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But uh, this lab burning down has some stuff behind it, but I'm not going to get to that quite yet. That will be for a later episode. So, mm. the 5th Ave lab burns down March 13th of 1895. A fire broke out in the basement of the 33-35 South 5th Avenue, now West Broadway, and swept through the entire structure, including Tesla's laboratory, which occupied the entire 4th floor of the 6-story building. All of his hundreds of invention models, plans, notes, laboratory data, tools, photographs valued at $50,000 were completely destroyed. Tesla is quoted by the New York Times as saying, I am too much in grief to talk. What can I say? So this destroys Tesla's spirit for a time. Yeah, that is essentially like... His life's work. Uh Uh-huh. And it just went up in flames, literally. Yup. Yup, yup. So April 15th of 1895, the first Niagara generator is tested. Um... The first large generator of the Niagara Falls power plant, which bore Tesla's name and patent numbers, was ran at full speed at 250 revolutions per minute, 250 RPM, and proved quite satisfactory. 
So in also in April, eighteen ninety five, Thomas. Comerford Martin's article, Tesla Oscillators and Other Inventions, is published by the Century Magazine. So, as discussed last time with Tesla's top 10 inventions, December 28th of 1895, Rottengen discovers x-rays. Tesla had originally noticed that he described as a very special radiation years earlier when working with a carbon button lamp. He produced pictures called shadowgraphs and had performed numerous experiments with them up until the fire at his lab. Upon learning of Rodigan's discovery, Tesla wrote him and sent him some pictures recovered from the fighter, but Rodigan replied and asked Tesla how he produced them. So this begins a little argument with Rodigan and Tesla about who discovered x-rays first and mm -hmm. all this stuff, which we kind of got into last time. Yeah, but also just like, hey, I invented this. Really? You invented it? Well, here's what I had years ago. Yeah. Oh, no, you're yeah. a fake. This will kind of pop up again for a while. Um, so in 1895, after the fire destroyed the Fifth Avenue lab, Tesla was allowed to use Thomas, and Thomas Edison's workshop at Louisville Park, New Jersey. But this was only a temporary solution. Within a few weeks, Tesla had rented a laboratory below Greenwich Village near Chinatown at 46 and 48 Huston Street, or Houston Street. This building is now the home of the Soho Billards. So Tesla was allowed to use Edison's lab for a time. Mm-hmm. Again. I have a feeling there was mixed motivations for that. There could have been, but according to Tesla, not enemies, not friends, but com like comrades working towards a or competitors working towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it doesn't hurt knowing what your competitor is making, so you can also make it. Chanjo, we're not at this conspiracy theory yet. No, but, I mean, just in general, if somebody who would be very beneficial to your business suddenly needs help, and you know that they have wonderful things, why wouldn't you invite them over until they figured out that maybe you had other motivations for helping them besides just being nice? Maybe. And Edison's a dick, so it's not exactly out of character for him. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyways, continuing on, because we still have quite a lot to go, Tesla tours the Niagara Powerhouse Station July 19th, 1896, along with George Westinghouse, Edward Dean Adams, and others uh, to see another test. And by November 16th of 1896, Niagara powers the entire city of Buffalo. And... And December 17th of 1896, Tesla was elected honorary member of the Yugs, or Yugs, Yugoslav Academy of Science and Arts in Zagreb. On January 12th, 1897, Tesla lectures in Buffalo on electricity addresses the occasion of the commemoration of the induction of Niagara Falls in Buffalo, New York at the Ellicott Club. So he lectures in Buffalo about the Niagara power plant that's power in the city so april 6th of 1897 tesla lectures in new york the streams of leonard and Rodigan and the novel apparatus for their production the lectures given before the new york academy of science at the american museum of natural history building in new york so this was kind of on x-rays and how he got there before Rodigan and all mm -hmm. that stuff i'm telling you this will come up a couple more times 
Oh, I expect it. Yeah. Tesla lectures again in Buffalo in September of 1898 with high-frequency oscillators for electrotherapeutic and other purposes, and it addresses before the meeting of Electrotherapeutic Association at the Buffalo Society of Natural Sciences in Buffalo, New York. And in December of that year, 1898, Tesla demos the automation boat, which we talked about last time. So Tesla publicly Mm -hmm. demonstrates his automation technology by wirelessly controlling a model boat at the Electrical Exposition held at Madison Square Garden in New York during the height of the Spanish-American War. Paving the ways for RC toys in the future. Oh, wonderful. Well, they didn't take off for like almost another hundred years. Well, none of his inventions did, but I mean... Except AC current. What? Hey, I mean, he didn't exactly invent it. He made it better. Yeah. But still, RC toys, super fun. I remember having... That jet ski one that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. We used to play in the pond uh, uh-huh. behind the house with that. that yeah, was it kept fun. on getting tangled and stuff. It was great. Yep, and then we'd have to go in the mud and pick off all the leeches and whatnot to get it untangled. Uh-huh. Good times, good times. Good times. May 13th of 1899, Tesla lectures in Chicago, and on the way to Colorado Springs, this is when he was moving, uh, Tesla First stops in Chicago, Illinois, for his teleautomatics address slash demonstration before a meeting of the commercial club. So on May 17th of 1899, Tesla arrives in Colorado, and he stays in Colorado Springs to continue his high-voltage, high-frequency experiments that had become too large for his New York lab, and he stayed at the Alta Vista Hotel in room 207. Now, is this that time in the prestige where he's there like am i getting that right and when he's there yeah so it's okay he's there uh i i want to say it's like 1903 in the prestige when he's there so tesla is well established at this point in colorado springs mm-hmm. and i believe the prestige gets the burning down of his lab wrong um because that i think they took that from the new york lab Mm-hmm. And I mean, movie. it's movie. Yeah. So, so we'll kind of get to that here in a few minutes. So July 15th, 1899, experiments begin in Colorado. The first experiments in Colorado Springs experimental station were performed. Tesla records his initial spark length at five inches long, but very thick and noisy. So... Yeah, he'll he'll kind of get to the experiments on prestige a little bit later. Okay, so July third, eighteen ninety nine, terrestrial stationary waves. Tesla claimed the discovery of new geoelectrical geo- phenomena, which he said would allow for the transport of electricity around the world. Terrestrial stationary waves were first observed by Tesla and formed at the basis of his wireless energy transfer plans and wireless communication. So I believe this is more like Wi Fi. So, in 1899, Tesla moves to Waldorf, Astoria. Upon receiving $100,000 in investment from John Jacob Astor, Tesla promptly moves into the Waldorf, Astoria, which is Astor-owned. It was at this time the world's tallest building and described as extolling the essence of exclusiveness, cordiality, pomposity, and elegant grandosity to the masses. So, like, the world's tallest, most fanciest building. 
And it's a hotel. It's a hotel. Okay. I mean, I guess that's one way to pull people in for staying. It's just like you won't get a view higher than this in any building. So that makes some sense. But were they, I, I would imagine that either the Empire State Building was in construction or right before construction at this point. No, I believe the Empire State Building was built after World War One, but don't quote me on that. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's a relatively new building. I did not know that. Yeah. Cool, though. I mean, there's Google. You can look it up while I'm talking. Yeah, it's true, but I'd rather listen to you. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so this next one was proven right by NASA just recently in 2019, so it's called Tesla Listens to the Stars at the end of 1899. Working late one night on his powerful and sensitive radio receiver, Tesla observed a strange rhythmic pulses on the receiver. He concluded that there was no possible explanation other than some effort was being made to communicate with Earth by creatures from another planet. Tesla reveals the discovery and is highly criticized. Again, this was proven just recently in 2019 from uh, radio signals received from deep space. I believe it's a supernova. NASA has an article on it, um, as well as BBC has an article by Helen Briggs on it. But this was really, really popular at the time. You might have seen it on Facebook, but I freaked out when I found this. Um, yeah. Because, like, Tesla, granted, thought it was from aliens. It's just an anomaly due to the supernova, but they didn't know what those were back then. And this is mm-hmm. 100 years ago. Tesla was already, like, like studying space and everything, which was really cool. I mean, like, a repeated signal that follows, like, a certain pattern. One would think that that might have some sort of intent behind it instead of it being some randomness of nature, but I guess it is, like, a natural cosmic radiation phenomena. Yeah, especially, though, just coming from telegraphs, like, they were thinking, like, a signal, like, beep, 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 meant some meeting. Yeah. Especially if it was repeating, because that's what you do with telegraphs. Exactly. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. So in December of 1900, Tesla travels to Washington, D.C. to confer with the Rear Admiral R.B. Bradford. Tesla visited Admiral R.B. Bradford and for a meeting to discuss his wireless telegraph system. A few days later, Tesla was invited to the summit uh, for a system for trials. Current around the globe. In 1900, in his My Inventions autobiography, Tesla states, when I when in 1900 I obtained powerful discharges of 100 feet in the Colorado Springs Laboratory and flashed current around the globe. It was reminded of the first teen spark I observed in my Grand uh, St. Laboratory and was thrilled by sensations akin to those I felt when I discovered the rotating magnetic field. In 1900, Tesla also formed the ozone company. In 1896, Tesla was issued a patent for the Corna discharge ozone generator using charged metal plates to act as on ambient air. He formed the Tesla ozone company and went into production of these units. His customers were naturopaths and allopaths who welcomed the powerful therapy into their practices. Breathing of ozone bubbles through olive oil and other oils was widely practiced at this time, and the Sears catalog of 1904 offered a unit for this purpose using eucalyptus, pine, and spearmint oils. Tesla produced a gel made by bubbling ozone through olive oil until it solidified and sold it to doctors. So think of essential oil diffusers, basically. But ozone. 
Yeah, so it electrifies the chemicals, so it kind of vaporizes. Okay. How did he... Did he just, like, make ozone on his own, like, chemically, and then solidify it? No, he electrified water, so it became a vapor. Like, it's basically superheating uh-huh. the chemicals, from my understanding. So it's vapor that you breathe in. It's literally essential oil diffusers. Oh. Uh-huh. Just another way of doing it than burping up steam. That's my understanding of it. Again, if you want to correct me, feel free to leave a comment in the... under the website, or any, any of our socials. I would appreciate the follow-up. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. So, in March 1st, 1901, Tesla partners with Edison's old partner, J.P. Morgan. Tesla signs over 51% interest in his patents and inventions, including future ones relating to both electric lighting and wireless telegraphy or telephony for a mere $150,000. Marconi succeeds in December 6th, 1901, Tesla's arrival, Guglielmo Marconi succeeds in sending his first radio transmission across the Atlantic Ocean. The Morse code signal for the letter S traveled more than 2,000 miles from Poldu in Cornwall, England to Newfoundland, Canada. Okay, so he had got signals from space before we could talk to people? Yes. Wow, that is like straight up ahead of his time. Yes. In December 11th of 1901, the tower construction begins. Construction finally begins on Tesla's most ambitious project, the worldwide wireless system known as the Wardenclyffe Tower. Wardenclyffe Tower begins testing July 15th, 1903. The New York Sun reported a strange goings-on at Tesla's transmitter. It stated all sorts of lightning were flashed from a tall tower and poles. Think of a giant Tesla coil, basically, was what this was. And all the air was filled with blinding mm-hmm. streaks of electricity, which seemed to shoot off in darkness on some sort of mysterious errand. Mm-hmm. In June of 1904, Colorado Springs Lab gets torn down. The Colorado Springs Power Company sued Tesla for the electricity used at that experimental station. Tesla's Colorado laboratory is torn down and sold for lumber to pay the 180 judgment fee. $180 judgment fee. His electrical equipment is put in storage. In July 10th, 1906, Tesla turbine was made public. In an article published on his 50th birthday, Tesla announced his bladeless turbine in the world. The invention was based on adhesion and viscosity, two fundamental properties of all fluids. So in November 1910, gaining some initial success with his turbine, Tesla relocates his office to the prestigious 48-story Metropolitan Tower, which was the world's tallest building at the time, and this is called the Metropolitan Tower. So in 1906, the Wardenclyffe workers are laid off. So this is that giant Tesla coil station building. Tesla made great efforts to obtain funding for the Wardenclyffe project after J.P. Morgan withdrew all of his support, but was unsuccessful and unable to pay his employees. He was forced to lay them all off, and construction of the tower ceases. Extensive team... Extensive steam turbine tests. In 1911, over a period of several months, Tesla tests a number of models of steam turbines at the Waterside Station in New York Edison Company. When interviewed about the test, Tesla stated... In one of them, the discs are only 9 inches in diameter and 
the whole working part is two inches thick. As steam as the propulsion fluid, it develops 110 horsepower and could do twice as much. So this is his motor. So he improved the motor as we knew it at that point quite a bit. Yep. Okay. So on April 14th, 1912, John Jacob Astor was Tesla's wealthiest investor and most generous inventor. He passed away. He invested $100,000 in 1899 for Tesla II, as he understood it, further develop and produce a new lighting system. Tesla instead used the money to fund Colorado Springs experiments. Mr. Astor was understandably unhappy with Tesla's deception and avoided him for several years. They did later reconcile and work together on an aircraft and propulsion system in 1908. Unfortunately, Mr. Astor and his wife were aboard the Titanic, which began to sink after colliding with the iceberg. My how, how, like, the worlds collide, right? Quite a bit. Also, when you keep on saying John Jacob, and I always want you to say Jingleheimer Schmidt. Schmidt afterward, it's just like, you've said it a few times, I'm just like, I keep thinking Jingleheimer Schmidt. Just like, oh. I know it's yeah. not, but still, it's just like, that keeps popping into my head. I'm sure I'm not the only one listening to that. Who doesn't think that? Well, I'll say it two more times for you. <laughs> so, John Jacob Astor was able to get his wife aboard a lifeboat, but he was unable to join her. Mr. Astor's body was a- able, or John Jacob Astor's body was found a few days later and is buried in the Trinity Church Cemetery in New York City. I should probably point out there is a reference to John Jacob Astor. In Futurama, when, like, you know how in Futurama there's the sewer mutants and stuff? Yeah. Well, the mutants weren't there in the New York, New New York's sewers until the land Titanic crashed and Mrs. Astor made it out, but Mr. Astor didn't. So it's just, like, a weird connect that I got from that. And he also became, like, a super mutant because he was down there and became essentially a pile of muck tentacles and grossness. Oh, you know they did that on purpose, though. I, well, yeah, there's, I think, like, almost a hundred, like, like a lot of hours and years at Harvard combined from their writing team, so they had to, like, be super smart with everything, and it was crazy. Just like, you keep on saying Aster. I'm like, where have I heard Aster? Then you said the Titanic. I'm just like, that's where I heard it. Nice. The Futurama's land Titanic. Well, I'm glad you're picking up all these references because I would have forgot them. But, I don't know. In 1906, the air friction speedometer. Tesla was contracted by Waltham Watch Company to build the world's first and only air friction speedometer, which he also patented. It was used in... Packard, Lincoln, and Pierce era luxury cars. But, um, yeah, he invented the only air friction one. Still, though, like, right at the height of when cars were starting to become a thing. Yeah. So, in May 3rd, 1907, the article entitled Tesla's Tidal Wave to Make War Impossible from English Mechanic and World Science Tesla states that his magnifying transmitter has obtained rates of 25 million horsepower. Some believe this to be exaggerated, while others believe this leads to some really cool inventions. 
you guys will hear about this later. This was twenty five million horsepower. Yeah. So his uh, we talked about his magnifying transmitter. This like was able to power his whole office. This took the Tesla coil basically electrified everything in the air, you know, gave his body the ability to make a light bulb shine, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is that. He says 25 million horsepower in it to generate this electricity and spread it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, some think it's an exaggeration, while others think this led to uh, quite a few cool inventions. So, in 1912, his tower equipment is repossessed. Westinghouse, Church, Kerr, and company removed the machinery from the building as part of their judgment of $23,500 that Tesla owed them. So, basically... And that was, like, he borrowed from them to continue his research, and since he couldn't pay back, they took all of his stuff? Kind of. They invested in him. He did not deliver on... Major inventions to AC current, so they rebuild his stuff. Well, that just sucks. Yeah. So, not quite the businessman, the same as Edison, as you can see. So, mm-hmm. in March 2nd, 1914, George Westinghouse died in New York City at the age of 67, a Civil War veteran. He was buried in Section 2 of Arlington National Cemetery along with his wife, Marguerite, who survived him by three months. Later to be called the Perfect Partnership, there was little doubt about the impact of Westinghouse and Tesla had upon the world. So, Wesla, Tesla's first invest- major investor, got the AC current going, died. Mm-hmm. Right after he, he rebooted his stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, he was the first major supporter of him. He did all this nice stuff for him, but then he took all of his stuff and, like, left him with, like, nothing, and then he died. Yeah, I I mean, he still funded him throughout the years what he could, but, mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know. There's conflicting things about Westinghouse. Yeah. Alright, so now a ton of awards. We're going to just kind of roll through them. May 27th, 1907. It has been just over 10 years since Tesla lectured on x-rays before the New York Academy of Science when they elected him an active member. So in 1907, eager to locate alternating funding for the Wardiff Cliff Project, Tesla opens an office at 16.5 Broadway, which is now just one Liberty Plaza, and begins work on other inventions such as propulsion systems and the vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. This is what the invention we were talking about just before. Um, I believe that these two were misplaced. They should have been back a little bit. That is my fault. But in 1914, Tesla moved his office from the Metropolitan Tower to a Woolworth, the Woolworth Building when the world's tallest building but fell behind rent after only a few months and was forced to leave. So this is after Westinghouse died. His funding really just did stop. Mm-hmm. In November 6, 1915, the New York Times, followed by other prominent news sources, carried a story based upon Reuters' dispatch from London stating that Tesla and Edison were to share a Nobel Prize in physics. Both Tesla and Edison told reporters that they received no official notification of this award. A few days later, the Nobel Prize Committee announced that the prize for physics would, in fact, be shared by Professor William Henry Bragg of the University of Leeds, England, and his son. 
The committee did not deny that Tesla and Edison were the first choices, but never made public the true reason for change. Some speculate that either Tesla or Edison both refused to share the prize with the other. So, I believe that Edison had more of a beef with Tesla, but I am unsure. Just based on this. Yeah. Sort of like we can't give it to both of them if one of them says not the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in October of 1909, Marconi wins the Nobel Prize for the radio. Uh, and the Nobel Prize for physics is shared between Guglielmo Marconi, Tesla's greatest adversary, and Tesla's words, and Carl Frid- Ferdinand Braun in recognition of their contributions to the development of wireless telegraphy. Tesla is furious and intensifies his long battle to correct this injustice. So that was one of the things that Tesla had invented mm-hmm. beforehand, but just didn't get published. Yep. And Tesla still not won a Nobel Peace Prize at this point, which is why he's upset. It'd just be a Nobel Prize, right? Not the Peace Prize. I believe they're just Nobel Peace Prizes. I thought it was like a Nobel Prize for science, poetry, literary, and then the Peace Prize. I thought they were all different. Oh, well, maybe. I'm sorry. I'm not educated in that. Hmm. Uh, so in 1915, after leaving the Wool- the Woolworth building after not paying rent, Tesla relocates his office to 8 West and 40th Street, which was directly across the street from Bryant Park and his beloved pigeons. We're getting to the pigeons. Thank you. I was wondering when they'd show up. And of course, that's when pigeons would happen. Usually when something sad happens is when pigeons happen. Yeah. Um, so, in 1915, also the Wardenclyffe deed is surrendered. In order to keep a roof over his head, Tesla had given two mortgages on the Wardenclyffe to George C. Bolt, proprietor in the Wolderf Astoria, to secure payment of hotel bills amounting to almost $19,000. Tesla requested that this not be recorded, fearing that all of his projects would be destroyed if the matter became public. He was unable to make any payments at all and was forced to sign the deed over to Wolderf Astoria, Inc. through silent intermediary. Tesla he owed 19000 in hotel bills? Yeah, because he lived at the hotel for five years. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So, in 1916, Tesla declares bankruptcy. I just think of the Michael Scott meme. I declare bankruptcy. Still haven't watched all The Office. Sorry. Oh, you need to. It's like the best show. You just gotta get through the first season. Why is it always the first season you gotta get through? Every good show. I know. But once you do, it gets so much better. Well, duly noted. Um, Even though Tesla had some minor successes, he continued to fall deeper and deeper into debt, primarily due to his high high, uh, costs overhead. He was called into the state Supreme Court for the $935 in unpaid taxes on the Wardenclyffe property under oath before Justice Flinch. Tesla revealed that he was essentially penniless, and owed no real assets, or owned no real assets. New York World ran an embarrassing article exposing Tesla's financial crisis. And this is pretty funny. In May 18th, 
1917, Tesla receives the Edison Medal, originally rejecting the offer of the AI or AIEE's highest award. Tesla reconsiders and accepts after being encouraged by Bernard A. Brehend. So this award was literally named after Edison. Edison had won it almost every year except for 1917. During the introduction, Tesla disappears and is later found at the library feeding his beloved pigeons during this award ceremony. He is persuaded <laughs> to return and give his acceptance speech of this award. Uh, that would be a hard sell for me, though. Just like, nah, I'd rather not get an award from this dude. Well, like, it's, it's not from him, it's named after him, but still, it's just like... Yeah. Uh leaves a bad taste in the mouth i just thought it was funny if especially if edison considered tesla an adversary even though tesla didn't Mm -hmm. just like i know this is like a award you get every year and like you're not a big fan of me and it's named after you but i guess i'll accept this award instead of you but i'm gonna be just feeding my pigeons while the stuff's going on yep so it's, Bit of a power move. I give him credit for the power move. Yeah. So July 4th, 1917, Wardenclyffe Tower is destroyed, reported in the media as being suspected of being used by German spies. The tower was actually ordered to be destroyed to cover the debts and secured by Tesla at the Waldorf Astoria, where he lived for almost 20 years. I'm sorry, not five years, 20 years. That is why the $19,000. That makes more sense. Yeah, that was my bad. Bad oh. math. Okay. So, July 21st, 1917, Tesla moves to Chicago. Tesla contracts with Pile National on the perfection of his turbines. He moves into the Blackstone Hotel where he stays for the next 16 months. And in August 1917, Tesla envisions the radar. In August 1917, the edition of Electrical Experimenter magazine, Tesla stated, for instance, by their standing electromagnetic waves used, we may produce at will a form of sending station and electrical effect in any particular region of the globe with which we may determine a relative position or course of a moving object, such as a vessel at sea, the distance traversed by the same, or its speed. So... This is essentially what a radar gun talks about. In February 1919, Electrical Experimenter magazine began a series of articles entitled My Inventions by Tesla. An illustration of Tesla was also featured on the cover of the issue and the initial article. To persuade the right Tesla to write his own autobiography was no small feat, and editor Hugo Grinsback considered it one of his greatest journalistic achievements. The articles were later converted into the book with the same title, which is what I read. So, sadly, in 1922, Tesla's favorite pigeon dies. Tesla had many pigeons that he fed and cared for, but one he was particularly fond of. He described it as being a beautiful female bird, pure white, with light gray tips on its wings. One night, the bird flew into Tesla's room at the Hotel Regis, and he perceived that she was attempting to tell him that she was dying. Tesla said a light came from her eyes, more intense than he had ever produced by the most powerful lamps in his laboratory. The bird then died, and Tesla said that at that same moment, something went out in his life, and he knew all of his life's work was pretty much finished. So, kind of dramatic for a pet bird, but I'm pretty That's sure so Tesla was in love with these guys, but yeah. So, so sad. so sad. Like, just like that in itself is like a weird, poetic, sad moment. Just like, I am dying, master. Mm. Hold me. I shall show my light no more. 
Yeah. No, it was sad. Ugh. Anyways, moving on from that sad tad bit, in 1923, Tesla was being charged $15 a day in rent, an exorbitant amount for the time while staying at St. Regis. After not paying anything towards the balance of over $3,000, here I am up over a seven-month period, he was forced to leave. Always seeking lavishness, Tesla moved to the the luxurious Hotel Marguerite on the west side of Park Avenue between 47th and 48th. In 1924, Tesla meets Mestrovic. Ivan Mestrovic, internationally renowned Croatian sculptor, visits New York City where he meets Tesla. They became good friends and admirers of each other and exchanged numerous letters. In 1925, for unknown reasons, Tesla rents another room at Hotel Pennsylvania and makes his primary residence while continuing to rent the room at Hotel Marguerite. He confided in Kenneth Sweezy, telling him that the room at Hotel Marguerite was for meeting special friends and acquaintances. So, this starts the conspiracy theory that uh, Nikola Tesla was gay or bi or something like that. I'm not sure if I will go into it. There are things suggesting that as since he never took a wife and had many suitors, um, as well as other things. So... I've also heard rumor thing that he was just asexual and just, like, not into it at all. And I think their reasoning for that was that that was essentially his place to entertain people to show that maybe he had more than he actually did. That could be, but, um, yeah, I mean, the asexual bit would make sense because he does say, like, his inventions were his greatest love, but having that place... There, that's where a lot of the rumors start. Of course. Um, so Tesla, in 1925, relocates his office from 8 West 40th Street to 350 Madison Avenue. By 8, 1928, maintaining an office had become too much of a burden, and it was closed for good. So June 15th, 1926, Tesla receives a diploma of honorary doctorate for the Facility of Engineering from the University of Belgrade. And on June 29th, he receives a diploma of honorary doctorate from the University of Zagreb. And Tesla meets his nephew in 1926, Sava Koznovic, the son of Marisha Koznovic, Tesla's younger sister. Mr. Koznovic was a diplomat carrying the title of ambassador for Federal People's Republic of Yugoslavia. During his visit to New York City, he met Tesla for the first time, Mr. Kosnovic would later play an important role in Tesla's life. And in 1930, Tesla was asked to leave Hotel Pennsylvania after residents complained about the droppings from his flying rats, and meaning his pigeons, and because he was about $2,000 behind in rent, Tesla's friend and admirer, B.A. Brennanhead, had helped him with the debt, and Tesla relocates to the Hotel Governor Clinton. So Tesla lived with his pigeons in his room, if you didn't pick that up. I didn't think that originally, but now that also seems to be on the more obvious side in hindsight. Yeah. So July 10th, 1931, Tesla on his 75th birthday received many congratulatory letters from his prominent scientists, including the one and only Albert Einstein. And Edison dies at 84 in October of 1931 that same year. Tesla has a Time magazine cover July 20th in 1931, which is a little bit dark considering Edison had died. But, yeah. Mm, Maybe on the dark side, but also, like, 
Yeah, there's also me. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so Tesla moves to New York in 1934. Uh, settlement was reached with the Westinghouse Corporation that provided Tesla with a consulting rate of $125 per month, along with agreement to pay his monthly rent expenses. So the Westinghouse company, Greater Westinghouse, that died at this point, kind of takes care of, Tes- of Tes- Nikola Tesla. Upon signing this agreement, Tesla promptly moved to the Hotel New Yorker, where he'd live rent-free for the rest of his life. The debt owed to the Hotel Governor Clinton was never paid. So, Tesla kind of just hopped hotels until Westinghouse Company set him up for good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so in March 1934, an article by Tesla called Possibilities of Electrostatic Generators is published in the Scientific American, which features Colossus, a 2 million volt von de Graaff generator, which is now displayed at the Boston Museum of Science. And in June 29th of 1934, the city of Philadelphia awarded Nikola Tesla with the John Scott Medal for the invention of the rotating magnetic field and induction motor. And this is a fun one with more conspiracies behind it. Tesla's death ray. In July 11th of 1934, the headline on the front page of the New York Times read, Tesla at 78, bars new death beam. The article reported that the new invention will send concentrated beams of particles through free air of such tremendous energy that they will bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance of 250 miles. Tesla stated that this death beam would make warm possible by offering everyone country an invisible Chinese wall. So, um, have you ever seen, I can't remember if it's Ocean's 10, 11, or 13, but where they take, I think it's Ocean's 10, where they take off the power, the, they take off Las Vegas off the power grid by setting off that, um, kind of atom bomb that's not a bomb, but just electro bomb thing. Like an EMP thing? Have you seen any of the Ocean's movies? No. Okay. I haven't. Well, the Las Vegas one where they rob a casino, they set off this bomb that doesn't do an explosion. It just sends off a wave that shuts down all the electrical grid, turns everything off for a period of 30 seconds. This is basically the death beam. Okay, so yeah, it, it would be an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse. Stuff that like shuts down all electricity in its range. I don't know if... Like, that would technically be the term anymore, but that's the sci-fi term for them. Okay. Okay. Okay, so in February of 1935, in a Liberty magazine entitled The Machine to End War, G.S. Farrick, a friend of Tesla's and a a Nazi spokesperson, reported on what Tesla believed the world would be like in the year 2035 and 2100. Tesla thought like futuristic machines. Oh, so like... A sort of Jetsons take. Yes. On the future. Yes. Did you know that Jetsons was set in the year 2000? Yep. Okay. And there have been lots of jokes about it in cartoons. Yeah. Um, so January 25th, 1937, the Certificate of Honorary Doctorate from the University of Poitiers is awarded to Nikola Tesla. March 7th, 1937, Tesla was the first scientist nominated for the permanent membership of the Siberian Royal Academy of Sciences, but wasn't initially elected on the state. When he was notified, he was elected for the full membership in its renowned institution. Tesla didn't even respond to the telegram, although they asked him to send his curriculum uh, 
in order to print in their annual kind of book. The annual was published without his text. The Order of the White Lion, July 11th, 1937. Mr. Herbin presenting the Grand Cordon of the White Lion said, Our Sheslovic nation's brotherly feeling towards you, son of Yugoslavia, made it a duty, not a privilege, to give you this decoration in the name of the president of our nation, Dr. Edward Bynes. He also presented a diploma certifying Dr. Tesla's honorary degree at the Doctor of University of Prague. Doctorate in Paris, November 6, 1937, the University of Paris awarded Nikola Tesla the Doctorate Honor Causa of Technical Science. So that was kind of cool. And then... He's up to like four honorary doctorates at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, I can count. I, I think at least four, if not five. Like the two in Yugoslavia, the one he just got from the White Lion, and then the one in Paris now. Yep. And then a lot of honorary degrees from a bunch of colleges, too. Yeah, but we're only counting the doctorates. Okay. So, a weapon to end war in 1937, Tesla, realizing the world world war was imminent, composed a treatise entitled The Art of Projecting Concentrated Non-Dispersive Energy Through the Natural Media Concerning a Charged Particle Beam Weapon. document was published in an attempt to expound on technical description description of a super weapon that would put an end to all war tesla tried to who interest the u.s war department and european allies but none were willing to make this investment required to build the device um tesla is hit by an a taxi cab in august 1937 also conspiracy theory here one night around midnight tesla left the hotel new yorker to feed his pigeons in the park while crossing the street he was struck by a taxi cab and by some reports was thrown about 35 to 40 feet tesla returned to his hotel and later stated it merely caused customary bruises and upset my just in a bit other accounts indicated that he had three broken ribs tesla refused treatment and remained in his room for many months in may 11th in 1938 in response to an honorary citation a speech delivered an absentee due to the illness of being hit by the cab, was given before a meeting of Institute of Immigrant Welfare built in Biltmore Hotel, New York, because he received the Immigrant Welfare Honor. A uh, visit from King Peter II, July 8, 1942, in his diaries, A King's Heritage, the young Peter II writes, I visited Dr. Nikola Tesla in his apartments at the Hotel New Yorker. After I had greeted him, the aged scientist said, It is my greatest honor, and I'm glad... You are in your youth. I am content that you will be a great ruler. I believe I will live until you come back to free Yugoslavia. From your father, you have received the last words, guard Yugoslavia, and I'm proud to be a Serbian and a Yugoslavian. In September 25th, 1943, the Liberty SS Nikola Tesla was christened and launched on this day. Tesla dies at 86. January 7th, 1943, Tesla died quietly alone in his room 3327 on the 33rd floor of the Hotel New Yorker in New York City. The coroner would later estimate the time of death to be around uh, 11.30. Tesla was 86 years old. The maid finds Tesla dead, and Tesla had placed a Do Not Disturb sign on his door January 5th, 1943, ignoring the sign made Alice... Mogan entered the room to find Tesla dead on his bed. Assistant medical examiner 
H.W. Welby was called in this scene, and after the examination of the body, gave his opinion that the cause of death had been coronary thrombrosis and that there had been no suspicious circumstances. Tesla's body was taken to Frankie Campbell Funeral Home at Madison Ave and 81st Street, and a sculptor was commissioned by Hugo Gronsback, a longtime friend and supporter of Tesla, to create a death mask, which is now displayed in the Nikola Tesla Museum. Uh, Opes seizes Tesla's estate. After learning of Tesla's death, the FBI ordered the U.S. Office of Alien Property to seize all of Tesla's belongings, Tesla's entire estate from Hotel New Yorker and other New York City hotels, and was transported to the Manhattan Storage and Warehouse Company under OAP seal. Dr. John G. Trump, an electrical engineer with the National Defense Research Committee of the Office of Scientific Research and Development, was called to analyze Tesla's items in Ope custody. The eulogy was read by the New York mayor, Tesla's friend, on January 10th, 1943, and at Tesla's funeral, service was accorded a state funeral at the Apoxical Cathedral of St. John Divine at West 112th Street in New York City, and uh, it accommodated more than 2,000 people who attended. The funeral service was opened by Apoxical Bishop William T. Manning and concluded by the Venerable Revered Dushan J. Skolsvik, a rector of Siberian Orthodox Church at St. Savia. After the funeral, Tesla's body was taken to Ferncliff Cemetery in Ardistry, New York, where it was later cremated. So, the cremation caused some more issues, but again, we will get to it. Interesting stuff. What a life. Yeah, what a life. My goodness. Yep. And... Like I said before, in 2019, it was confirmed by NASA, the uh, speaking from space, uh, the waves that Tesla occurred. And there's been other confirmations, too, which we will get to in next episode. So. I can't wait. I have to apologize for the audio uh, issues during this episode. My mic kept falling down. But this was a really long episode, and I hope mm-hmm. you guys... We'll come back in two weeks for the conspiracy theories around Nikola Tesla. I am so excited. I am too. All right. Any questions, John? John? No. This has been crazy. I've learned stuff. Made new discoveries myself. I mean, I just, I enjoy Tesla. This is fun. So thank you for picking this topic, Audie. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. And guys, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to message us, please do so by emailing us at violinvice at gmail.com or visiting Facebook and Instagram at Violin Vice Podcast or Twitter at Violin Vice. That's B-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here. Or you can give us a once-off donation using PayPal or Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep spooky stories coming.